Morning all, Thursday, February 22, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. Good morning wherever and however you are listening and plenty of footy news as we count down to the start of the season. Adam Reynolds agreeing to an extension there at the Broncos. Stacey Jones will be the next coach of New Zealand. So Wayne Bennett will be linked to everyone under the sun who probably goes on a losing run this season for 2025. Uh, Signings at the Dragons, also re-signings at the Sharks, some news around Corey Harrera-Naira at the Raiders. Fields are out for Saturday. A tab silver slipper. You've also got the Hobartville and Millie Fox, three group twos there in Sydney at Rose Hill, three group ones at Caulfield in the Futurity, the Oakley Plate, and, of course, the Blue Diamond for the two-year-olds. And there is the Peter Young on the card as well, where Foxy Cleopatra has drawn barrier two. $9 currently with Tab. We'll get Loz's thoughts soon, but the cricket last night was thrilling. It was fantastic, actually, really, coming down to the last ball uh, with the Aussies needing a boundary, Tim David on strike, and he delivered, clubbed it. New Zealand 3 for 215, Australia 4 for 216 in response, winning by six wickets. Morning to you, pup. It was quite entertaining to have on there in the background last night. Uh, Certainly wound right in as it got close there towards the end. Got to say, great work by the Aussies, but New Zealand blew it. Morning to you, mate. Morning, buddy. Morning, Loz. Morning to our listeners. Yeah, I watched the game. They were brilliant, Australia. Um, Tiny boundaries, so even chasing a total like that, it was... There were 36s. It was a lot of runs, but with the Australian batting lineup, they'll never out of it. There's so much power through that middle order. Um, Well, there's so much power throughout the entire innings. You, You saw the way... Um, David Warner and Travis Ed just walked out and tried to smack it from ball one. It was just that type of wicket. It looked like the the pitch got a little bit harder to bat on as well. It just quickened up a little bit. New Zealand got a couple of quick bowlers, a bowl sort of that 140-plus. Uh, Aussie's brilliant to be able to chase those. Mitchell Marsh led from the front, captain's knock. And then Tim David absolutely belted them, 30 off 10 balls. But, yeah, they dropped three uh, pretty easy catches, New Zealand, that they uh, they should have taken. And I think they might have got their tactics wrong as well to someone like a Tim David. I think he's so powerful and he wants anything in his, what you call in the slot, in his zone. He's looking to get on the front foot and smack it over your head for six. Um, And when you've got a couple of guys that can bowl that 140 plus, I reckon they should have used those guys at the death and they should have used that short pitch bowling. I know there's risk with that. You can get cut for six or pulled for six, but I reckon with Tim Tim David, if you've got a pitch that has a tiny bit of pace and bounce in it, let's see him hook and pull the ball for six to win the game rather than get his front foot out of the way and smack it down the ground. So they'll be disappointed. Um, their captain didn't seem too bothered after the game. I listened to him speak. He was like, well, Australia's got a great team. They've got plenty of power. Mate, New Zealand are ranked two at the moment in T20 cricket. I think Australia's four or five. And if you're not beating us for 220 on the board, I'm not sure how you're beating us. So well done to the Aussies. Um, yeah, there's just, again, a few of the quicks didn't play uh, throughout that the back end of the Australian summer in the short forms as well. And um, Paddy Cummins bowled beautifully. Starkey, good to see him back in the team bowling well. So, yeah, good start to uh, good start to New Zealand. But, yeah, and a great game of cricket. I watched it. I thought it was awesome. 
Yeah. Ozza, morning. Yeah, morning, boys. You can never write off Australia, obviously, but they never looked like they were gone. Aussies. Never looked like they were gone. Mate, not Chasing that, that big line. score line with yeah. the batting still to come and the short boundaries, 35 off two overs yeah. they required. Yeah. Like if that was in Sydney or Melbourne or something like that, you'd be going, oh, yeah. we're, we're gone here. But you never got that feeling last mm. night. But it was a great atmosphere. Like yeah, it was. The, the, the crowd got awesome. right into it. Um, it was a game that there was plenty of heroes for both sides. Um, in the end, Tim David, 31 off 10 balls. That's a outstanding innings. But Mitch Marsh, captaining the team, 72. He was brilliant, Mitch. Um, the Kiwis got away to a good start, didn't they? They, they got off to a flyer. They had some big hitters. Uh, Right-hander looks good, opening the batter. Alan. Yeah, Alan. He looks, yeah. he looks a good player. Yeah, he he's... strikes the ball well. Ravindra. Yeah, he's yeah. a good player, this yeah. kid. Took his time to get going, I yeah. think, as well. They just come off test cricket as yeah. well. So he just took him – took a few of them. It was that type of wicket, certainly batting first. It looked a little bit tennis ball bounce, so it just took a few balls to get in. But, oh, it, mate, you, you take – I don't care where you play. You're taking that total oh. on the board. You, you like – if you can't defend that, you'd be disappointed. Most definitely. So, the other thing as well, I, I just think it, it's another example. I don't care what form of the game you play. If you want to slow scoring or stop scoring, there's only one way. It's to get blokes get out. And in 2020 cricket, so many teams forget about it. They go to run prevention. How do, where do we put the fielders on the boundary? Put all the infielders back on the ring. You know, th- there was opportunities, certainly with new batters as well. And, and on a pitch like that, that did take... You know, some players a few balls to get it. That's where you can, you know, you can be a, you can be aggressive at certain times. Like even the guys in the ring, when somebody first comes out the bat, bring them right in tight to say, right here, you have to hit it past me to get a run. You can't just block it and run here because our fielders are in looking for a run out or a catch or an opportunity. Um, you know, use your. It might be spin. If, if if you see someone like that's what I'm saying. Someone like. Uh, um, how do I how do I explain myself? Someone like a, let's say Mitchell Marsh versus Tim David. If you've studied your opposition, two very different players, both powerful, play in different states, have different takes on how they're successful in this format. Mitchell Marsh grows up at the Wacker. He's good against fast bowling. So to someone like Mitchell Marsh. I'd be thinking when he walks out the bat, no matter what the conditions are, I reckon I can get a spinner on here. Mm. I reckon I can get a slow, slow, take the pace off the ball and make him make the pace and be quite aggressive with maybe cover coming in like a catching position or your mid-wicket to make him hit the ball past those fielders. To someone like Tim David, he just wants, he wants, he wants 125, 130k hard volleys. He'll hit you out of the park. So then I'd be going, all right, who's my quickest bowler? Oh, mate, I'm going to stick it up him if I can. Mm. I might even have like a bat pad. Dick, in, dick mate, into him. For the first, mm. for, for two balls or two out on the hook and say, right, you're going to get, you're going to get some short pitch ball. I, I just don't think, I don't think New Zealand studied the individual or executed against the individual as good as they probably could have. And as you mentioned, they dropped three catches. Very hard to beat Australia if you're going to give them opportunities like that. But the Aussies did everything right. They're power hitters. Oh, aren't mate. They? Like, look at look Head, Warner, Marsh, Maxwell, <laughs> Inglis, David. And Short didn't get a bat last night, but he can belt the ball. Yeah. So that top seven. So it's going to be difficult for Smith, I suppose, depending well. on conditions. I don't think – well, that's an example. You go into – the World Cup's in the West Indies and in America where you've probably got 
America is going to be dropping pitches, mm. and West Indies are slow pitches. So you're going to have to have a slow, uh, not a slow batter, but a, a batsman with a bit of skill. Well, craft, mate, I reckon you want your pa- no. I reckon the opposite. opposite. I reckon you want your power. I reckon through the middle, Australia's power now. Mm. You, they can they can chase whatever they need. They yeah. can get ten and over easily now. Do you reckon though on a, on those type of pitches, you possibly need one bloke? Like to like I reckon that Smitty, test match. If Smitty plays, mate, he's got. I reckon he's he's opening the batting. Yeah. I reckon he's. Oh yeah, yeah. With, I, I don't mind Travis where he is, but I, I reckon they possibly, depending on the wickets. I don't know. You know better than me. But if they if they're a, like suitable to just ball coming on, bashing them. But I don't know what the West Indies pitch is like. No. Say if India or if it was played in India, I'd have a India's different because like it's spin. In well, India twenty twenty, yeah. not so much, but. Yeah, when it's spinning, oh, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I thought, I thought Smitty might have opened the batting last night, and it's a tough one because Travis Head's belted them yeah. with every opportunity he's had in all formats. Uh, I think that's the first time though in T Twenty cricket, him and Warner have actually opened the batting. So they've obviously gone in one day cricket. They've done it, but in T Twenty, I think it's the first time. So they've obviously said, "Nah, this is our opening partnership." Mitch is Mitch Marsh definitely staying at three. Maxwell definitely staying at four. Tim David, the other. So Matthew Wade didn't play last night, so he normally keeps in T Twenty. Um, so like uh, Marcus Stoinis is out injured as well. He's been in and around that T Twenty team. So I don't know. I I think Smitty's fighting with. Warner and Travis Ed, yeah. as that I think I think that's going to be his position. If he, I if saw he a stat him. last night too on Fox where Australia, when they've won the toss, they've just they've chased the last oh, they 13, love, 14 times. They love chasing. They just that that that's now there you go. Yeah. It's just a chase, regardless. Yeah. Well, that wicket definitely quickened up um, last night. Just I don't know if it's due or just a bit of moisture around. Just there's a little bit of swing. Um, even in Australia's first, when Australia bowled New Zealand's innings, it looked like it just started to hint to reverse swing a little bit. So that tells me the wicket was quite dry. Um, but yeah, then the ball skidded on beautifully. Mitch Marsh's innings yeah. was. Yes. Yeah, I'll tell you the unreal. other thing about uh, the T20 cricket too, when you're bowling that last over, geez, you want to have trust in your bowler if they haven't been bowling for a period of time and they come on to bowl that last ball. Because. You know, the hardest though. Southy. He's usually a spot-on bowler. Like yeah. his first ball was wide. Yeah, well, he bowled three wides like, in a row, win one over. I saw that. Yeah, but but you know, and he like, missed he down was, the leg side and went for six. But if you're David. bowling that last over, mate, you want to have. I know, I know he's arguably their their best bowler, but I don't I don't know. I think it's sometimes too hard. Well, it depends oh. who you're bowling to as well. Like if Southie's bowling to Southie's bowling to me, great option. But if Southie's bowling to Tim David, Tim David, if he could have picked any bowler to face, he would have picked Tim mm. Southie because he's won twenty k's and he's probably going to take pace off the ball. Yep. So he's perfect for him to. He doesn't need to worry about a short ball. He's not going to get one. Everything he's front footy, he can smack mm. out of the park. But normally in twenty twenty, I reckon you're. I reckon you're generally the toughest over the bowl is the second last one. That's where you. Let's say there's thirty four runs on the board. Mm. I reckon you'll find a lot of captains who go. You know what? I, the second last over is the most important because I want to give them maximum yeah. runs in the last over. Yep. So Australia, I think, in the second last over might have hit, might have got 15, 17. So they got themselves in a position where they can, yeah. 
They knew against Southie. They could, I reckon, they though, when you're coming back and you haven't bowled for a bit and you've got that last over, mate, they're putting a lot of pressure on you. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the back page of the Courier Mail. Big news of the Broncos and Skipper re-signs. Renault in for the long haul is the headline here. So Adam Reynolds has agreed to a 12-month extension through 2025 and will transition into a coaching role is part of this deal as well. Uh, so, well, he's spoken so glowingly about the move to Brisbane for him and his family, and, you know, the indications are he doesn't want to go anywhere. So, as part of this deal, he wants to make sure he's uh, employed beyond his footy career, and uh, you can see him being the perfect mentor to Ezra Mam going forward, Loz, post his playing days. But in the short term, I'm sure Broncos fans are delighted that he'll be still there anchoring for the next 18 months. Well, he's still got a lot to 20 offer. 20 months. He's still got a lot to offer, Mido, and we talk about experienced halves, how difficult they are to get. And the Broncos, that was one of the missing pieces of their jigsaw that they recruited last uh, last couple of years. But he's been a, a good pickup for the the, uh, the Broncos. Uh, gives them plenty of control, and he's a great role model for those young players to learn off. Uh, he'll move into a coaching role. Uh, to mentor those young guys, but he's also tactically and knowledge of the game is, is second to none. And that's because of what he's learnt, obviously, off his coaches, but also by playing the game and being out there at the coalface. So uh, it's good that the Broncos are having that stability, albeit they lost a couple of players at the end of last year, but we we know the reason why they had to uh, lose those players is because they've got to keep the likes of Ezra Mann, Reese Walsh and Selwyn Cobber. They're three of the most exciting young players in the game. So, yeah, the Broncos would be extremely happy uh, putting pen to paper or getting Reynolds to put pen to paper. Uh, also on the back page of the Courier-Mail, hot property league boss Valandis reveals NRL monopoly master plan to build a $1 billion empire. It's on the back page of the Daily Telegraph in Sydney as well. Monopoly master plan PVL's $1 billion NRL empire. Well, yesterday it uh, was revealed at the annual general meeting, the financial figures. So total revenue for the NRL is up to just more than $700 million, up $107 million. Uh, so 18% on 2022, an increase there. And uh, there's a surplus there of uh, just less than $60 million. There's assets now of... $260 billion, so the COVID days feel like a long way away, Lots. Right, well, they have been, um, but the NRL have done a remarkable job uh, under Peter Valandi since that time. Uh, they're building up a war chest. Um, the clubs are all happy with the deals that they're receiving. The NRL have bought three assets, big assets, uh, so the game's never been in better financial shape, and He also said that in the next three years, he wants to deliver a 20-team NRL competition. Uh, That's part of his vision. So it looks as though we will be going to 20. Uh, The next three sides will be trying to work out where they'll come from. I've got no doubt one will be PNG. I think the Bears, in some way, shape or form, will be there. And then we're going to find a third one. So who will the third one be? But it's great times for the NRL, as I said. Uh, we're lucky to have Peter Valandis in that role because he's done some remarkable things for our game and certainly shoring up its future. And just on expansion as well, this story, uh, the headline in the Herald here, give them tax-free status, PVL's bold plan to make PNG side viable. So naturally the issue lies with a PNG team will be attracting players. So mm. Peter Valandis saying that he plans to lobby the federal government for people who move to PNG to work. 
to be given tax-free status. Uh, so he's pointed, and he pointed to the you know the tax rate in Hong Kong, the fifteen percent tax rate in Hong Kong, and you know how that attracts racing mm. participants uh, there, and how he battles that sort of in in, in racing. But uh, yeah, to have uh, NRL players go to PNG, they will need incentives. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think he's on the on the money there, um, and I would never discount him discount him because most of the things. He says he's going to do. He, he gets done. So it, it would certainly be an attractive proposition for any player if they were to go there. Um, but I think um, there's similar arrangements when you go and play in France. Mm. I, th- I think the arrangements over there is yeah. is pretty good too. If you were going to play with either a rugby union team mm. or a rugby league team like the Catalans, I, I, I don't know what the tax rate is, but I know that there's a... Not it's a goal a line, but there's a loophole or two mm. when you when you go over there and play, when you finish your footy, on what the tax rate is, and if you stay in that country for a certain amount of time after you finish, then you receive a lot of that money that you pay tax on back. Mm. I, just, <laughs> I, I, I can't recall what it is, but I'm yeah, no, no, pretty there definitely sure it, is, yeah. definitely is. Uh, I, I can't get my head around how our government's using the NRL to solve a political issue for them. I just can't. Anyway, I don't want to get bogged down. This is not a political no, show. No, you've got to but... understand, like, PNG is like India with their cricket. And, it, and their it, love of rugby league. Their yeah. love of rugby league. It is the national sport it's, in PNG, isn't it, Lots? Yeah. It's like nothing you've ever seen before, mate. Mm. It's like nothing you've seen before. So 95% of the people would be just all over the NRL. 95% of the country would be over the NRL, all over it, mm. mad for it. And they just love and idolise the players and anyone that's had anything to do with it. I've got a mate who's working for a bank who's recently moved to Port Moresby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I was actually texting him last night just asking him how it is over there because obviously they've had some issues over there with some violence, etc. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's not that bad. Most of the hectic stuff is tribal up in the highlands. But it's not exactly Coogee in Port Moresby either. Uh, movement's heavily restricted, mm. and it'd be difficult for any non-local to adapt. That was what he said from someone living there. Mm. But there's curious. instability in that country at the moment. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you'd never know how long that will continue on for. Uh, it might be six months. It might be ten years. Mm. I mean, if you're going there to play rugby league and that's still going on, but if it was down in the mainland. You'd be a bit more concerned, but if it's up in the, you know, the, hmm. the higher ground, you're, you're not as concerned. They, they did have some issues in Port Moresby a few weeks ago. I know you can have issues anywhere. Right, you have issues in Fiji, hmm. you have issues in Australia, you have issues in Sydney, hmm. yeah, <laughs> in Melbourne, no matter where you are, Paris. Yeah. Can you ever, okay, let me put it this way. Will the PNG ever hold up the, the Premiership Trophy? Yeah, why not? Might, mightn't be in my lifetime. But if they come into the competition, I'll guarantee you at some stage they would. Most definitely. I'm sceptical. Mate, mate, I'm telling you, because they've, got, because they've got a pathway system, if you put players up there, put the right systems in place, the right coaching, mate, they will develop players, mate. You, you look at... 
you know, Justin Olam. Um, uh, there's uh, Bruce Mamando that I played with at Canberra. First grade. So you could name 13 or 14. Um, Marcus Bye. Mm. Yeah, they, they, they can produce a football player and they'll produce them at a rapid rate if you've got the right system in place, let me tell you, because they'd have the biggest junior system out of anyone. We've got Adam Pengilly coming up in about 10 minutes' time. Now, uh, there's some Premier League on this morning as well. Uh, Liverpool up against Luton, uh, kicking off pretty soon, actually. Champions League as well. Arsenal in action this morning. Uh, so we've got a big day of football coming up, or a big morning. And uh, late at night as well, there's an AFC Cup game at Campbelltown between MacArthur and the Central Coast Mariners. The field's out for Saturday. Uh, the Tab Silver Slipper is race four at Rose Hill on Saturday. Espionage for the Waterhouse Botyard. Nash Rewiller in the saddle, the $2.40 favourite. The Stablemate Straight Charge is next in betting at $2.80 with Tab. You've got Tom Kitten opening three sixty now a $3.20 chance for the Hobartville uh, Lady Laguna's pretty short for the Millie Fox, around $2.15 when I last checked there with Tab. Three group ones at Caulfield, and in race six, the Peter Young. Gold Trip is the $2.60 favourite from Campionessa. $4.40 to $3, been popular in betting uh, since that market opened final field yesterday. And Foxy Cleopatra from Barrier 2, Loz, Blake Shin in the saddle, opened $8, drifted to 10 into nine as you step up to wait mm. for age in the Peter Young stakes, just casually going up against the Melbourne Cup winner. Got him in, got him in her sights, no doubt. Yeah, we'll take on all challenges. Uh, barrier two. I'll say this about barrier two. If you jump well, take a spot, take up a well, spot. Well, that's what I'm hoping. Otherwise, I would have preferred to draw a little bit wider. wider. So, I haven't checked the rail it, there at Caulfield, but, you know, fence so, might be hot. So, he Blake needs to jump and go forward. You're going to make a call? Yeah, I am. <laughs> and if he doesn't, I would have preferred to draw wide. There you go. Well, not necessarily go forward, not but wide, just take but, a spot. You know, seven or eight. Okay. Three wide with cover. Mm-hmm. I don't mind. Well, you've got to... You got to well, as I said, you're going to wait for ages and you're getting a decent price to find out exactly where she is on Saturday. Yeah. Well, I, $9. Well, but from barrier two, I'd expect to at least get forward a little bit more than what she did last start, Mitter. Bow and declare. So you've got two Melbourne Cup winners in the race there on Saturday. Uh, it's uh, and obviously naturally a lead up to the Australian Cup this race. So I look forward to hearing the Busted and Young training report tomorrow, Loz. Mm. It, give us a little stable update. Oh, well, I know the stable update. Oh, you already know it? She's yeah. good to go. Yeah, she's, she's, she's fine. She's fine. Couldn't be happier. Come on perfectly since her first up run and all yeah. that sort of yeah, all that, jazz. All that. She's, she's, she's ready to run. But whether she's good enough, we'll find out. Good test. But as long as she gets a position in the run and then you leave it up to the horse, we'll see what she's got. Yeah. That's all you can hope for. That's all you can do. All right. Bring it on. Saturday, multi, lots of thoughts then, lots of options. Oh, there's tomorrow. plenty of options tomorrow. I haven't really had a time to assess the form. I've been quite busy, boys. <laughs>
So this is what look. happens when you're on you a lot of boards. Yeah. Mm. Oh, just preparing for Vegas. Mm. Ah, yeah. Um, got a few things I had to do, take care of. Did you find had a suitcase? to go and see a man about a dog. Did you find a suitcase? Type of thing. <laughs> what, had to line up at the consulate, did you? <laughs> oh, you need a visa? No. Oh, yeah, you do need a visa. Yeah. Esther. Oh, you can do it Esther. online? Yeah, Esther. The old, good old Esther. No, I didn't have to go to the line. No, did, did you do it online? Oh, yeah, yeah, did it online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And it took, what, 48 hours? Came back, got the okay. Game on. I'm off. Plenty of people are going. 15,000 Aussies will be over there. Travel. Sure, I saw there's now 30,000 tickets sold. Mm, 30,000 would be a decent crowd. So you hope you might get a, another seven or eight maybe roll up if you're lucky. <sighs> Yeah, we they want forty, don't they? If they get forty of the sixty-five thousand, I think at the start they would have been stadium. happy with thirty. Um, but yeah, you, you, if you aim for forty, if you got a third, you know, two-thirds of the stadium full, it's a fair effort first up. Uh, and uh, as far as the Manly Souths game is concerned, Anthony Seabold, how about this? Good to see. Had a little crack at his old club. Uh, saying it would be nice if the Bunnies came and promoted the game in Las Vegas. Of course, Souths are based in San Diego. I think Manly's the only team that are there at the moment, though, aren't they? Yep. Uh, Seabold added that all Manly's training sessions in Vegas will be open to supporters and that they want to do the right thing by the game. So, uh, I guess Manly fans or any fans but who are on. over there, you can what go and find you, their training. What did you say about Souths? Well, he said it would be nice if they were in Vegas to, to promote the game. He says, we're here, we're here in Vegas. Here we are promoting the game at the venue where, where it's going to be held. There's a bit of history between those two. So Definitely. So a little bit of jabbing, which I think is good. Good. Good for the game. Yeah, you don't want every coach to be getting on, liking each other. I history like between the hostility. coaches or obviously? Yeah, yes. coaches. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. yeah, they had War of Words. Was it last year yeah. or the year before? Yeah. I think it might have been last year there was a few... Word spoken, but I think it all stems back to when Siebes went and well, they worked coached the South. Broncos, and they, I think, Jason and Wayne were coming to South, but they were up there at the Broncos, mm. and I think right. they got they got sacked, yeah, and yeah. then they went to South, and Siebes went to Broncos. I think that's where it all sort of started. And it's sort of continued on ever since. But I, I like it. I, I like, you know, it's not nasty, but it's it's good banter. Yeah, a bit of, bit of a jab. Yep. Uh, by the way, while we're on the subject of coaches, uh, Kiwi legend Stacey Jones will be the next New Zealand coach. Uh, he was part of the team under Michael Maguire in recent times. So he'll go through to the end of the 2026 Rugby League World Cup at least. So that means Wayne Bennett is still available for 2025. Oh, well, he's going to be linked with anyone that's under a bit of pressure this year, Wayne. Uh, he said he wants to continue coaching, and you'd be mad not to utilise his surface, uh, services if he's available. And they are talking about a coaching director's type role, um, but he would have been disappointed missing out on the New Zealand job. But I, I actually applaud New Zealand because I think Stacey Jones is a wonderful appointment. You know, he's one of their greatest ever players and been in a, a coaching system now for for a long period of time, both at that national level and also with the Warriors. So he's learnt a lot. He's done his apprenticeship and he's got the respect of everyone and I think he'll be a good fit. 
Uh, lots of texts here in regards to the PNG expansion situation. How can PNG work long term? The country, you know, its situation has been horrible. I've been there for work. Um, but then there's one backing it here, 100%. If they get full backing, they'd be a huge force. Would some players just fly in, fly out like the miners? Well, no, I think they're going to have to absolutely be based there. I think hmm. I'm sure I've, I've seen that, that now yeah. the NRL's conceded. That's how yeah. it would have to work. Yeah. So if a lot of things wouldn't get off the ground if people just had negative attitudes all the time and said, oh, I just can't work. <laughs> like, you might as well not do anything. Hmm. So, so, yeah, I know there's issues... Up there in PNG, but they're a rugby league mad country. They just and, and if you, I've experienced it as a, as a player yeah. and as a coach going there. I'm telling you, it's like nothing else I've seen. Clark is obviously experienced over in India. It, it's different if you're just haven't played the game and you're up there. Different experiences for different people. I get it if you're working there. Mm. There is some tension and there's uh, fighting and all that type of stuff uh, going on. Um, instability in in the country. Now I don't know whether they could ever stop that un, you know, that that unstable in, environment. But I tell you what, it's worthwhile exploring and looking into and seeing what you can get out of it and and what the benefits to the game would be and what the benefits to the region would be. I, I, I just don't knock it on the head straight away and go, no, I don't want to do it. Why, why wouldn't you have a look at it and, and see what you can get out of it and see what benefits possibly the country might get out of it? If the government was not tipping in the money, would it really be on the table? Possibly not, no. Mm. No. <laughs> you know I'll the just, answer to that question. I'll just, anyway, I'll no. find that uh, but amazing. That's, mate, but, but if you, but if, 90% if, of decisions these yeah, days, actually, yeah. that's and, a lot. No, 99% no, of decisions no, these days are based no, around money. No. So, but Of course. And without getting political, if, if, if you wanted Chinese, the Ch- Chinese to set up um, camps in PNG for their national security, rather than Australia having that option, for national security, what would you rather do? Well, what would you rather do? So if rugby league can help hmm. deliver that, isn't that a good thing? I'm not going to get into the political side of it. Well, you did before. <laughs> well, all I said was we shouldn't be using rugby league to solve the government's problems. No. But I think what we are talking about is that if it's going to benefit everyone, why wouldn't you look at it? Why wouldn't you see what the benefits are and whether it far outweighs the negative? I, I, I can't see an issue with it. I, I think it would be good if we could solve two problems at once. Uh, morning, lads. Training down at the wonderful facility that is the Michael Clark Recreation Centre. And the staff have informed me... Uh, that Clarkie's been around. This is, uh, That's now, actually not true, what I'm reading here. <laughs> it's about, all right. They're saying I've been there once. O- OB with OB Clarkie and Kyle Sandilands. Let's make it happen. Oh. Tiger Vickers. 106.5. Bring them down. <laughs> I have been to that place more than once. Not many times, though. But, yes, I allowed them to use my name for the facility. It's not my facility. I don't own it. I haven't invested in it. It's not mine. But it is a great facility, and I've been there a few times. 
actually did a a thing for Skin Cancer Australia there not that long ago. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, where it is 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 great for that local community. There's, there's, they have mate, they have a million different things on during the days, uh, school camps. Uh, yes, it's got a gym and stuff like that, but it's it's more to even the um, like a skate park around it. So for, there's kids down there all the time. So yeah, good facility. We should go out there. We should do an OB from there. That'd be good. All the way from the UK, Adam Pengilly. Good morning, mate. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Everybody back in Sydney this morning. You're back in Sydney. Oh, I said, how's everything going? Back oh, in sorry. No, you're breaking up, so we 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 can't sort of uh, hear you. We might try and establish that yeah, line we, again. We'll, we had this issue yesterday. Apologies. Yep. We might reconnect with with Adam. Uh, see if we can get a bit of. I thought he said he was back in Sydney. Yeah, I, heard, <laughs> I, heard, I heard something, something Sydney. <laughs> Well, mate, go somewhere there's reception. Yeah. Stand on your roof. How about Jimmy that? Maloney. <laughs> the Wigan coach just lavishing praise on Nathan Cleary, folks, saying he will go on to be the best ever. The best ever player. Jeez, it's a big call. Massive call. It's a massive call. Mm. Mm. Best, Enormous. Best ever. <laughs> mm. That's uh, well, but yep, Just showering time will praise tell. on them. Time yeah. will tell. And, I, th- I think that's part of their plan, Mitter, mm. to try and lull them into a false mm. sense of security and just talk about Penrith and try and get an ambush happening. But I, I don't think I don't think Penrith will be uh, worrying too much about what the Wigan coach says. I think they'll be just preparing as they normally do and mm. hopefully go one better than what they did last year. How good was Bevan French, Loz? Because he's got there's, there's, I know he had a stellar year last year. But when he was in the NRL, he's okay. Was he? Yeah, he was okay. He he, he couldn't get a. Because I feel like they also they, they last year he was like he was on fire over there. Yeah, he's a try scorer. Yeah, what he is, okay. he's he's a try scorer and a guy that's got good speed. Uh, is he he's improved? elusive. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he's got, well, he's got I, I would reckon than... he'd be improved as a player. Yeah. So, sort of it. When, when so Bev was what four years ago. And the wingers mm. over the last four years, wingers have become like front rowers in the back end of the field, mm. which is not wasn't Bevan's game. So you so small, small and yeah. fast, and yeah. used his footwork could sniff out a try. More the sort of Nathan Blacklock yeah, style okay. player. Whereas the wingers these days, you've got to carry the ball fifteen to twenty times, and you've got to try and average over one hundred and fifty to mm. two hundred meters a game. You're doing a lot of the hard work. Mm. That wasn't. Bevan's strength. Now he's sixth year over there. Yeah, so I reckon he'd be a lot better suited back here now. And I reckon if you're looking for a player that possibly... What what position back here? Oh, mate, I reckon he could play fullback. I reckon he could play as a 14. I think he could do a really good job there. I think he could play on the wing still uh, back here. Um, Yeah, I I, I think he'd be a lot better player. He'd know his strengths of his game so well now. We'll give it another crack at him. We got you. Is that better, boys? Can ah, you hear me? Oh, mate, you're better. out of the bathroom. Yes. Well played. <laughs> sorry, sorry. What's doing? Um, How's not Manchester? Much, not much. Uh, the sun came out for about half an hour today, so that was a welcome change. Um, <laughs> it's a win in February. <laughs> yeah, How cold that, is it, Adam? Uh, it's not too bad, Clarky, to be honest. It's got to about 11, 11 or 12 degrees today, which is all right. I was actually at... um. Yesterday at training at um at Warrington, the sun sort of poked poked out for about oh 
no more than 20 minutes or so. And I'm standing with a guy who, who works for Warrington, a lovely fella, and he said, oh, this feels like spring. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Shirts off. <laughs> they made about eight degrees. Uh, <laughs> now, we were just talking about Bevan French mm. coming back yes, to the well, NRL. Yeah. And is there an opportunity for him back here? Does he want to come back here? Have you spoke to him? Yeah, had a chat to him yesterday, Loz. Um, quite a lengthy chat with him. I, I, listen, he, he's enjoyed his time at Wigan and, and really, you know, taking his career to another level, playing with them for the last five or six years. He was actually the, he's actually the reigning Man of Steel winner um, last year, which is the English equivalent of the Dalian, obviously. And but I think he's getting to the age now where it's almost now or never he wants to come back to the NRL. Basically, he's, he's around twenty eight years old. He's obviously moulded his game from being a, a sort of small, skinny sort of winger slash fullback to being a, a really versatile player and playing at 5'8 in this team. So he's starting to think, well, you know, I love it at Wigan here. I potentially could stay, but also it might be the chance to come back to the NRL. And I don't know, Loz, do you, do you think there's an appetite for him in a club back here in Australia to pick you up on a deal if he, if he wants to come back to Australia? I, I like the players that go over to England at an early age, spend a bit of time there, learn their game, and then they come back a more mature player. And mm. I, I think they are then ready to be a part of the NRL system. Um, I think sometimes we rush them uh, and they don't have the success that you're after and then you just put the red felt pen through them and say they're not ready or they're not NRL players and you ship them away. But I reckon if they go over there and they star, they come back a more confident player. And I think mm. he'd be a really handy pickup, Bevan French. Yeah. And one thing he actually did say as well, Loz, which I thought that you might take a lot of interest in is I asked him very briefly about um, Morgan Smithies, the, 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 the lock forward that's coming down to play with the Raiders this year. And he said he's a phenomenal player. He said the Raiders have, have made a, a really good signing for themselves. He's got a high work rate sort of player. And he said last year they got an award for you know work rate each week. And he pretty much won it every single week over here in the Super League for that Wigan team. So wow. that might be an interesting player to keep an eye on um, on this year, Morgan Smithies. Adam, the Wigan coach has said Nathan Cleary will finish Rugby League's greatest ever player. Massive call. Huge call, Clarkie. Massive wow. call, yeah. Matt Pete, young guy, who's doing some great stuff as a, as a head coach at Wigan. Sat down with um, Matt Encarnation and myself yesterday for a quick interview, and I sort of asked him the question about Nathan Clear, and he said, in my opinion, this guy will be the greatest ever Rugby League player by the time he's finished. And Jeez, I sort of sat back up in my chair, and I thought, whoa. It's <laughs> a big statement, but but... At 26, on his current trajectory, you've got to say he's a chance, don't you think? Oh, oh my God. I, I, no, I, I, think I just we, don't I think, think it's me, a conversation yeah, I don't like even for, think it's for a five years. I, yeah. I, the, and the other thing as well... There's been some great players. Yeah, great I players. I think it depends what you're, how you're judging greatest. Like... If Penrith go on and win another five grand finals, does that make? Well, that's what I'm saying. But that, but that doesn't that doesn't necessarily just make you the greatest as well. What about all those players that played in five and six with the Dragons? Well, that's That's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and how and how how he plays Origin will play a part. Mm. How he plays for Australia will play a part. Um, You know, if if Penrith lose some players and how he finds a way to still get that team over the line, (coughs) I, I just I just think there's. I, I just don't even think it can be. Like, imagine asking Nathan that question right now. He would laugh at it. Yeah, he'd be like, embarrassed. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it's just, it's a massive yeah. statement. I, I think if you said he's the best player in the game, I don't think too many people would argue no, that. No, that's, no. yeah, it, I agree. That's cool. Yeah, 
Oh, just clarify what I said. It's not a, for me. It's not a conversation right now. Yeah. But if he does win another four or five titles by the yeah. time he's finished and dominates Origin stuff like that, I'm saying it could be a conversation. Yeah. But obviously, Fair right now, not. But I'm saying if he does another ten years like he, he's had so far, then maybe it could be a conversation down the line. Well, the other one that's spoken so highly of Nathan, and it always does, is Andrew, Andrew Johns, mm. who you'd like to mm. think is a is a brilliant judge mm. of a, of a player as well. He, he's he spruiks Nathan like no one else. Mm. So yeah, I, I, look, I, I think Nathan's a wonderful player, but mm. I think yeah, this is only my my, my opinion. Yeah, I mean you, we're going way over the top there. Yeah. If, if you're saying that he's the, the best that's ever played the game, but yeah. you know you, you never know. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. And Adam Pride in five or six years' time, if he adds yeah. more titles to his game and wins more premierships and plays the way he did in the last twenty minutes of that grand final, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. good point. Yeah. Good point. We'll have egg on our face. <laughs> um, but uh, Vegas, how's the world? Uh, no, not Vegas. Yes, Vegas. We are going to Vegas. You're not heading over there, are you? No, I'm not, Loz. I'm coming home. So I'm not one of the 35,000 journalists that are going to be over in Vegas <laughs> oh, next, right. next week or so. Um, good, time to stay, <laughs> good time to stay out of Vegas, I reckon. Are you one yeah. of the 35,000 journalists? I'm what? not journalist. Uh, <laughs> I'm a broadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> Presenter. <laughs> um, no, I, just a quick line, boys. I, I don't know if this is going to be something that will come to fruition in future years, but... There has been a few whispers or murmurs about potentially some English officials wanting to push the World Club Challenge being played in Vegas um, maybe in coming years to coincide with the NRL starting their season over there. And when you think about it, it probably has a, a little bit of sense. So you try and get a bit more of a travelling party coming across from the UK in terms of fans. It's a shorter plane flight for Australian teams to, to go to the US rather than having to do that 24, 26 hours all the way over to the UK. So... I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but there's certainly been some discussions around the traps about whether it's a viable option going forward. And, um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be on the agenda after the respective competitions are finished later this year. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know whether it's viable or not, but it certainly sounds like it'd be a good idea, doesn't it? Like, to have four teams over there plus the fifth team with the English champions. So you're having three games on. You might split mm. it over two days. You might... But that that game, yes, seems like it'd fit into that part of the year really well. Well, could you start the Super League season over there as well, Loss, and play a couple of games of their normal competition too to fit in with the World Club Challenge? I don't know. Just an idea. Mm. Thank you, mate. Have a great day. See you, boys. We'll chat tomorrow. Liverpool and Luton scoreless eight minutes in there at Anfield this morning in the Premier League. Games to kick off in the Champions League coming up. Uh, Arsenal are in action and uh, they're travelling to Porto, to Portugal. They're $1.60 Arsenal, Porto $5 at home. The draw is $4 with tab, kicking off in about 20 minutes' time. And Napoli $2.80 against Barcelona two forty, and the draw is paying $3.40 for that round of 16 first leg tie uh, this morning. Evan Priest coming up shortly to talk some golf. Interesting, interesting chat in the... <laughs> In the break just then. Well, I was just, you know, names weirdly pronounced. So I had a mate who used to date a girl pup, like it was Bianca, but she demanded it was pronounced Bianca. Is oh, that acceptable? No. I didn't think mm. so either. Mate, but honestly, genuinely... I've <laughs> experienced this before. I'm not going to say who, but yeah, I've had the same issue where <laughs> even my mate has like pulled me up a few times. 
Yeah. So you'd say their name yeah. like it was like... You, you took the short version. The short version. Yeah. And he'd pull... He, Which he, is acceptable to 99% of people. But as he's pulling me up, he'd say, Pup, can you please call her this? And I'd be going, well, mate, call me Michael. Michael John Clark, thank you. Like, what are you talking about? Mate, whatever somebody's yeah. calling you, I guarantee you've been called worse. So, Bianca, Bianca, give me a break. Some people are very fussy. It's like you. Alf, yeah. well, Mido, what, Gerald. What really gets you going? Here we go. You, what? You, no, how do you feel You don't like Gerald, do you? Well, it's you not, right? there's no L in the yeah. name. But okay, but, but if, I, if, I happen to use, if I happen to call you Gerald, you, surely you're not that bothered. I'd... Get over, oh my. Yeah, well, Bianca, yeah. Bianca, she can get over it but, as but well. That's, but do you pick people up? Spelling. If, you, no. if someone said to you, uh, if no, someone said to me, no. my wrong name, are you going to say, mate, no, it's Laurie? If they went Lurie, I'd say, no, Laurie. Would you do that? Or you no. just let it go? No, I would, go, mate. No. <laughs> I would, couldn't care less, mate. Call me whatever you want. Yeah. And if you don't know my name, then this conversation's not worth having. See you later. There's no need to talk what, to me. What, what happens if they do it a few times? You still let them go. Well, who's no? Who's going to? Don't, you don't. You at some Mark, stage, you have to. Hey, Mark. You have instead to pick, of Michael. Yeah, you have to I pick them up. I guess it depends how often. Because otherwise, you lead them down a garden path. Well, it depends oh, how much cares? you know contact you've got with this person. <laughs> it's happened to me a few times in this building. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> what you calling somebody the wrong name? Mm. Yeah, but okay, that's. Well, I never miss a beat when I find out though and go back. Do you still, do you if you're calling someone the wrong name, I think that's different to being called the wrong name. Yeah. If I'm calling someone the wrong name, then I need to apologize to them. I'm so sorry I got your name wrong. Yeah, but but yeah, but if you If somebody's calling me Mark, I couldn't care so less. So you, you don't pull them up. I could not care less. No. no. They'll work it out. They'll work it out at some stage that it's Michael, not yeah. Mark. I I think there's a time and a place where you go, you know what? I'm, I'm doing this person a disservice because nah, once they care. find out, they'll be embarrassed. I just need to. Yeah, but you've got yeah, to do it early. You'll embarrass yeah, them but even you do more, it, you do though. it in a way. That you, no, you do it in a way that you're not embarrassing anyone. You'll embarrass them more by telling them they've got your name wrong for six months. <laughs> no, you just play on. <laughs> oh, no, nah, just who cares? Like, you, you, you're not really a mick. Mate, I don't no, he's not me, a mick. You're no, not a my mick. grandfather, my pop used to call me mick. He yeah. was the only person. Yeah, you're no. not a Mick. Mick Clark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah. What did you say yesterday? Captain of Australia, Mick Clark. Oh, someone. Michael no, John, doesn't, when I'm in doesn't, doesn't work. Mum calls you're him a Michael. Clarky, pup. That's what I normally get. Yeah. No, you're a Michael. With an E, you're right. too, thanks. I, 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 I wouldn't be able to shorten yeah. his name. <laughs> no. just doesn't fit you. <laughs> what did you say yesterday? You go, thanks. Pup ball. <laughs> Pup ball, pup, yeah. Pup ball. Baz ball, pup ball. Pup ball. What, what do you reckon pup ball is? Baz ball. Speaking of that, when's this next test match? India Tomorrow. v Australia. Tomorrow. You know what I did look at? I don't know if you saw. I did this thing for ESPN the other day. and yeah, I, gee, mate, I went hard, right? you got some gigs. you got more gigs. Well, mate, I've got, 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 <laughs> got bills to pay. Um, so I went a little hard on who's the England opening batsman? Left-hander, Duckett. Uh, yeah, the mm. duck man. So he come out and made a statement about this young kid from India that smoked 200, who's a little superstar. Jay's well. Yeah, unbelievable player. He said, oh, you know, we England cricketers should take credit for, you know, when somebody plays like that. And I just, I didn't, I I love the way England's playing. I, lo- I don't mind all this basball talk. And I really do, I, I get on great with Brendan McCullum, Ben Stokes. I think their leadership for England cricket's been good. And I think they are going to be tough to beat when they get to Australia playing this aggressive approach. But I... They're not the first team to play positive, aggressive cricket. No. And I just had a bit of a look at the top 
are the fastest test hundreds. Mm. And there's not one Englishman in the fastest test hundreds. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven names here, and there's not one Englishman. So I sort of feel with all this aggressive approach at the moment, I think my point with this is, mate, there's been a lot of players that bat. You wouldn't see too many more. Michael Slater, when Slat started opening the batting and the way he would you know, take the bowlers on at the top of the order. That was aggressive. Matthew Hayden, you wouldn't find too many more aggressive opening batters than him. Um, Adam Gilchrist, how great. So I just had a bit of a, a bit of a shot there. And I was, mm. I'm, I'm really keen to see what happens in this fourth test match because now, and as a team, I think England have to stick to this style of play. Mm. They have to stick to baseball. They, they live by the sword, die by the sword. And I think it's going to be a really good test in this fourth game because they are 2-1 down. Behind in India, they've copped a lot of criticism from their own media and past players about some of their shot selection. So I can't wait to see in this fourth They'll test. double down. Well, they'll go harder. You reckon they'll yeah. go harder? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't be, think they'll back away. I don't think they'll back away watch. from what they've been doing. You think They probably have they to. Can't. They, they can't. Yeah. All right. We'll... Yeah. Oh, gutsy. Especially someone like Joe Root, the way he got out. If he goes mm. and tries to play that reverse, will he do that? Will he take on the reverse ramp mm. or reverse sweat early in his innings mm. again? Mightn't do it early, but I think they'll play the same Keep way. Keep that way. Yeah. I can't wait to watch it. Did you say that starts Friday, Mido? Tomorrow, yeah. G'day, Evan. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, Mido. I just, every time I hear that intro, I just get fired up. I think of 2013. I think of Adam Scott. I, I, just, I just get excited for golf. I actually had a quick... Uh, I had a quick thing to mention to Clark. I, I played golf with Steve Smith last week, and uh, bit of natural talent. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he hits it all over the shop just just because he's he's only a few months into the into the game. But he hit a few shots where I was like, Jesus, there's some some talent there. So yeah. I think uh, once he hangs up the bat, uh, I think he's going to be a full time golfer, mate. Oh well, wouldn't surprise me, Miss Smitty. There's uh, with a, a bat in his hand or a club in his hand, wouldn't surprise me. Has he got a handicap yet? I don't think he's got a handicap yet because he hasn't lodged enough scores. Right. But uh, I believe he is in the process of joining a club in Sydney. And what will uh, he play off? You reckon? Oh, at the moment it'd, it'd be high. It'd be in the twenties, yeah. high he'll, high twenties. But he's he, sure he'll practice, Smitty. If he if he's going <laughs> to commit to it, mate, he'll hit more balls than mm. I've never in my life seen someone hit so many cricket balls to the extent you'd have to you had to walk into the middle of the net and say get out. It's someone else's turn. Allow someone else to bat. In this net session, he is just—he's phenomenal yeah, with it, right. and it wouldn't probably won't do him the world of good. Uh, the won't hurt him. Sorry, having another interest hmm. because I, I don't know what he's going to do when he finishes playing. If he doesn't go straight into coaching, I'll be very surprised because he's—he's he's a cricket tragic. So golf might be a, a good distraction for him. Be a healthy obsession, wouldn't it? Just we just got to get. We've got to get him out playing because there's such a thing as over-practicing in golf. I don't know if that's the case in cricket, Clarkie, but certainly you can um, have paralysis by analysis in golf. Yeah, I reckon in in just about everything you can do too much of it. Okay, uh, the Genesis Invitational last weekend. Now, Tiger Woods, firstly, what happened to him? (laughs) Mate... You know there were uh, there, there were rumours that he might have you know a case of, of of the runs of diarrhea. He got he got um, carted off the golf course. There were ambulance and fire department trucks sitting out the front of the clubhouse Dilly, there. Dilly belly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is there such thing as yeah, is, is there such thing as uh, LA belly? I don't know if that exists, but he might have had it. But no, there was a big fuss made out of it. There were fire trucks out the front of the clubhouse for some reason, and eventually he confirmed he had influenza. 
and he was on an IV drip. So wow. poor old Big Cat there, um, fighting wars on multiple fronts. He also had he's got a bit of a legal battle as well because the new apparel range he's launched called Sunday Red, which is confusingly three words. Uh, the logo looks uh, too similar, I, I believe, to Puma and Slazenger. And Puma has lodged a bit of a trademark dispute there over that logo. Wow. So um, he's got it coming out both ends, or poor old Tiger. <laughs> sounds like, <laughs> sounds like he Enjoy has. your cornflakes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jason Day. Now, he seems like he's back on track and he possibly may win a major this year, do you think? What about the Masters? Yeah, Loz, I, I really think he's uh, he's a big shot at the Masters. He, he's sort of rounding into form in a similar way to the to the years where he did play well at the Masters. And he, this is a guy that finished tied second on debut at the Masters. This is a guy that's had three top tens in his career at the Masters. Really, really good chances too. And he's got he's got three top tens on the PGA Tour in his past five starts. He's won last year, so. I'm really looking at him as, as potentially our top Aussie at the Masters this year. And, God, it would be nice to see him become a multiple major winner after winning the PGA in 2015. So all signs point to him being a, a healthy bet at Augusta and, and someone for Aussies to root for. We've got a live golfer earning a British Open spot after taking out the Malaysian Open, Evan. Yes. How, how about this, right? So there's the Open Championship... The Open Championship has this thing called the Open Qualifying Series where they basically co-sanction a certain amount of tournaments around the world um, and offer three spots in each of those tournaments to the top three finishers for the British Open. And so these blokes have just been, I mean, the live golfers have been largely shut out of the majors, so they've been travelling to all corners of the globe in search of major championship glory. And a guy called David Pouge from Spain uh, travelled from Las Vegas all the way to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, played the Malaysian Open, won it, and, and got one of those three spots into the British Open. And just this morning, Augusta National has actually announced they did something that's, I wouldn't call it rare, but they don't do it every year. And they, they offered a special exemption to three players, and one of those was, Joaquin Neiman, our Australian Open champion in Sydney in December. So he got a special exemption because he's he was deemed too good of a player whose world ranking doesn't reflect how good he is. And so they gave him a special uh, exemption, which is usually reserved for international players to get... The Masters has always prided itself on having a really international field. And we can't not have someone from Chile who won the Australian Open in there who plays on live golf. So, um, But the, out of the first... Three tournaments that the under this open qualifying series, uh, they've all been won by live golfers. The South African bloke, Joaquin Neiman, and uh, and another bloke who's escaping me at the moment. But uh, yeah, three live golfers won the first three of those events. They're really travelling hard for these major starts. I, I can't remember if I asked you, Evan, um, about the tournament, the live golf tournament that was played in Vegas, Super Bowl week. How was? How, how did people respond to that? Did they go and support it, and did they get much yeah. traction over that? Look, I, I think um, generally it was it was really well run, and it, uh, you know, just being in Las Vegas, it definitely fits Live Golf's vibe. They go for the, you know, the relaxed kind of younger crowd, the drinking and gambling crowd, uh, and just being in Las Vegas gives it that extra attention because people are looking for things to do. The first two days, I don't believe, were very well supported in terms of the crowds. But on the Saturday, the day before the Super Bowl was in Las Vegas on the Sunday, um, everyone's you know drinking, getting keen for the football the next day. And so they actually headed out in droves to uh, live Las Vegas. And it had a very exciting finish when there were about five or six players within a, a couple of shots and a chance to win. And Dustin Johnson, the big superstar, ended up winning. So... Um, actually, quite a, you know, it was one of their better American events. They're struggling for traction in the states. 
overseas they're doing really well they're coming to places like singapore like australia and having massive crowds but in the states itself it's not not really picking up or at least it's slowly picking up and uh, las vegas seems to be a, a really good market for them moving forward all right, we've got the Mexico Open this week where Tony Finau is looking to go back-to-back back and he's a pretty dominant favourite here at $7. How do you see it, Evan? Yeah, Mido, I, I don't trust Finau. I just don't. He doesn't have the killer instincts, in my opinion. I know he's the defending champion, but he. Uh, I'm really looking at Nikolai Hoygaard, uh, one of the uh, Danish twins that plays on the PGA Tour. Uh, he's, he's at $15, so you know, Ryder Cup player, won the DP World Tour finale last year. Uh, really, really solid player. Probably my favourite in the field. I've also got a long shot, a guy called Brandon Wu, who's finished tied second and third in his last two starts at the Mexico Open. He's at $41. Um, and, and, I, and I really like him for a bit of value. For my top 10, there's a guy, Belgian guy, uh, Thomas Dietrich. He's been playing really well, um, you know, racking up a lot of, of, of top 20s and top 25s in the PGA Tour. He is uh, $3.60 for a top 10. I think that's pretty pretty easy money. And then our top Aussie, I'm going to go with Harrison Endicott. Uh, it's pretty short this week for, for the Aussies. $1.87 for top Aussie between him and Har- uh, Aaron Badley. And I'm, I'm going with Harrison Endicott. But um, I would avoid the punters. I would avoid Tony Finau this week, I think. It's just not good enough odds. Yeah, it looks short. No doubt about that. Uh, Evan, thanks so much, mate. Thank you, guys. Previewing season 2024 in the NRL, and we up to the Bolter team from last year. What a season they had, the New Zealand Warriors. We're looking at today, and uh, as I just get these markets up uh, for this season with Tab, but as far as uh, 2023 went for them, 16 wins, 8 losses, so they finished 4th. And they lost 32-6 to to Penrith in week 1 of the finals. Then they smashed Newcastle 40-10. to in Auckland, came across to Brisbane for a preliminary final where they lost 42-12. to uh, As far as their gains and losses for 2024 are concerned, they've got Roger Tuivasa-Shek back from rugby, Chanel Harris-Tavita from a little sabbatical, and Kurt Capel arrives from Brisbane. Uh, they've lost, well, Bailey Sirenin's gone over to Catalans, Josh Curran to Canterbury. Ronald Volkman, of course, went to the Dragons. So, you know... Generally, their squad's very much intact. And uh, the betting has the Warriors at $19. So they're on the joint sixth line of betting in regards to the Premiership. And $9 to make the grand final, $21 to win the minor Premiership, $3.25 to finish in the top four again, $1.65 to make the eight, or $2.10 for them to miss the top eight. Loz, the Cinderella story from last year, they were just brilliant to watch. We all got on board. I think they were everyone's second team. Certainly the neutrals love watching them. Mm. Can they back it up under Andrew Webster, who had a sensational first year as a head coach in the NRL? Well, that's going to be the big question mark about the Warriors. They started the season four from five last year, and it just felt like everyone was waiting for them to fall off the cliff, but it never really happened. Uh, Andrew Webster brought a sense of, you know, excitement, confidence, that real team first mentality, and they improved out of sight as the, the season went on. The Warriors, uh, Sean Johnson in his thirteenth season, and it was arguably his best. But a bit like the Warriors, since they've been in the competition, can you believe he can back that performance up again this year? You know, because they've been that roller coaster up and down, up and down, up and down. And Sean's had that type of career as well. 
But last year, he played with great control. He didn't overplay his hand. Everything they did looked like clockwork. Mm. And that means a couple of things. Not only did the players know their roles, but they really nailed it. You know, And their sweeping plays, um, they do as well as anyone. And they start infield and then they fan out wide. Um, so that, that, that was something that I noticed with, the, with their play. Uh, and they turned back the clock at times during the year. They, they played some brilliant ad-lib football, but they played with a bit of structure as well. Um, they got depth in the halves. Mm. So you got not only Sean Johnson, you got Tamare Martin, who's a Kiwi. Yeah. Um, Metcalf. Luke Metcalf and Harris DeVito, who's a good player, who's a really good player. So while they won't rely on Sean Johnson, I still think he's the guy that, that gives them that confidence and belief. But um, they've got a bit of depth there. Roger Tuivasa, Shek's return. Well, that's massive. That, that could take them, elevate them to the next level. Well, I, I just noticed this week. So Chance is not playing. Chance Nickel cooks that. But they've kept Roger in the centres. So his days as a fullback look like they're over. That's where they're, they're going to play him, regardless of where Chance is in or out. They're going to find someone else to, to, to fill that role. He's got great footwork. He can beat a defender one-on-one. And talking about defence, he's a great reader of defence too. You know, the way that he came back into the game last week against the Tigers, but they were throwing shapes at him and he was sort of picking the right bloke off every time. So he's got experience and the younger players will certainly uh, learn from him. And I like the look of their forward pack. They're tough, they're aggressive, they don't get dominated through the middle. And when they got the ball, they like to dominate through their footwork and strength. You know, you've got Barnett, you've got Fanuel Blake, he's another one, arguably the best front rower in the game. They've brought Capel there on that left side. Jackson Ford's a very underrated player. Tohu Harris is as strong as anyone in the game. And Wade Egan had a breakout year. Really good year. Mate, his craft from dummy half was excellent. His skill set and selection of skill at the right time was as good as anyone. And I think some people were talking about him maybe possibly being a bolter for for New South Wales. That's how good he was going. Um. Mate, they've got this wave of support behind them. I think if they start well, I think that continues. But a lot of it for mine will come down to Sean Johnson and whether he can get the job done again. How many wins then? 16 last year, finishing fourth. I'd think I, I'd say they're around the same or a little bit less. I'm thinking sort of 14 to 13 to 16 games, something like that. History tells us with the Warriors you can't trust them. I want to trust this side when you look at their roster. This is like you got, well, provided Sean Johnson holds up and you've got Adam Fanua Blake leaving at the end of this season, you see a lot of players there right in the prime of their careers at the peak of their powers. How much... I think, they, had... I think they overachieved last yeah. year. I think they had a, an unreal year last year. Mm. Oh. I don't know if they can back that up. I hope I'm wrong. I love the Well, history tells us you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. but I, I hope I, I want to be. I, <laughs> yes. I, I actually want to be wrong. I was waiting for them to I fall off the, the cliff last year, yeah, but true. they didn't, and yep, they surprised true. me with their. You know what they surprised me with? Their grit and their their tougher mentality yeah. to stay in the fight when it got into a bit of a grind. And they didn't actually go grind. They trusted their pros. Well, talking buzzwords. They they trusted their system. Mm-hmm. 
and and they trusted to stick at it and not deviate from it, and it worked for them. So they they take a lot of confidence out of that. They finished third, fourth, fourth. Yeah, they played Penrith first wow. up in that final. They, if they can, oh, if they make top four, that's uh, unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable. They, they drew the two hardest teams in the semis. Yeah, <laughs> they lost to Penrith. And then Brisbane. they had to go and play in a prelim, mm. Brisbane. They they smashed Newcastle. Mm. And Do you Newcastle think they'd, would... they'd sign the deal right now for the exact same year as last Absolutely. year? Absolutely. Yes. I reckon they would be without a You know, internally though, I, I think they're aiming higher. Mm. Awesome. And, and there's no reason not awesome. to aim higher as that group. And again, it doesn't ma- doesn't matter what everyone else thinks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what it's you true. believe. Yeah, it's true. And the strength of your belief yep. can carry you a long way. Yeah. And I think for the Warriors, it's going to take them to win a competition for people to... To trust them. To trust them, yeah. Mate, if they win a comp, look out. You know, and, and again, I, 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 I think I said it earlier. Like, Sean Johnson and the Warriors, they've, they've been the same. They've had good years and bad years. Mm. And that's been the roller coaster ride. That, that's why you're sitting here a bit hesitant now, going, oh, oh yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll better... They'll better the year. Better they'll be better this year than what they were last year. Because oh, I can't trust them. Twenty eleven, they made the grand final. Where do you reckon they finish I don't in twenty twelve? Where did they finish? Fourteenth. Yeah, one okay. eight games. Put your laptop down. <laughs> Close that, mate. I don't want to hear that. Oh, come on, the Warriors.